Hey, stay standing, stay standing. We're gonna read God's word together. Welcome, so glad that you're here today. Come on, the tomb is still empty. Someone say amen. amen. Early on Sunday morning, Matthew chapter 28, as the new day was drawing, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit that tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled the stone aside and sat on it. Come on, that's a boss move right there, right? And his face shone like lightning, his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen. And come on, that tomb is still empty today. That tomb is still empty today. Man, we're so glad that you're here today. Hey, you can be seated as you're being seated. Look at your neighbor, tell him he is risen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, choir. Come on, put your hands together for our worship team. Just so thankful for the way that they have led us today. And hey, if you have your, if you have your Bible with you this morning, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll get there here in a moment. And Easter's the most significant, important story that's ever been told. Easter changes everything. The most significant, the most important, the most powerful message in the history of the world, what Jesus did for you and for me when he came and lived a blameless life, when he went to that cross, when he was put in that tomb and then came out of that tomb, resurrected forevermore, is so massive and so far-reaching and so life-changing. It's the most important story in the history of the world. You might say, well, Pastor T, what about Christmas? Christmas happened with the cross in mind. And the cross happened with you in mind, with you in mind. To some, it's just a holiday. I'm grateful that, we, that we, we celebrate this occasion, the historical event of Jesus going to that cross and then three days later rising out of that tomb to give us eternal life. To some, it's just a holiday, but it's so much more than just a holiday. It's so much more than the family gatherings and the big church services and the Cadbury eggs. Come on, nothing wrong with those things though, right? Amen? But it's so much more than that. It's a lifestyle that we have access to as believers. I was reminded one time a Sunday school teacher was talking to her class and she said, kids, can anyone tell me what Easter is? And one kid raised his hand and he said, well, it's the time where we gather together and we eat turkey and watch football with our uncles, right? And he, she said, no, 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 that's Thanksgiving, Tommy, that's Thanksgiving. Well, anyone else, what's Easter about? And someone raised their hand and they said, isn't it the time where we exchange presents to remember the gift of Jesus? No, 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 Tommy, that, that's Christmas, that's Christmas. And, and anyone tell me what Easter is about? And little Susie raised her hand and she said, it's the day that we remember that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins and reconciled to a relationship with our heavenly father. And the Sunday school teacher was then kind of proud, like, oh, wow, I've, I've, I've taught her this. And she said, can you tell us, Susie, what happened three days later? And little Susie said, all the disciples ran and gathered around the tomb, watching for Jesus to emerge and wondering if he would see his shadow and there would be another six weeks of winter. <laughs> the first part, pretty good. The last part, not so much. It's more than just another holiday. I'm glad that we take time. I'm glad that we get together. I'm glad we commemorate. Come on, you ought to celebrate. It ought to be a celebration, right? Come on, if we celebrate national championships and Super Bowl victories, how much more should we celebrate eternal life, forgiveness forever through the cross and the risen life of Jesus Christ? Someone say amen. amen. It's more than a holiday. 
It's the day. It's the three days that changed our lives. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The world just doesn't get it. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the very power of God. It's the very power of God. Today, I want to talk to you about the message of the cross, the four directions of the cross, how the cross had to happen so the resurrection could happen. You couldn't get one without the other. And I, will, I hope that after this message, you'll never look at a cross the same way again, that you could see it's more than just a religious symbol. It's more than just a religious artifact, just a glance at the cross, and you could see the heart of God for humanity, for you and for me. But before we get into God's word, come on, let's pray. Let's invite him to speak to us today. As much as I care deeply over you, my brothers and sisters, over your circumstances, your situations, your story that God's writing in your life, God cares even more. That's the message of Easter. He sent Jesus to chase after you, to forgive you, to heal you, to bring you back into a relationship with him. And so, Father, we thank you today that as much as I care, Lord, I thank you that you care even more, God. You see every situation, every circumstance, every marriage, every family, every hope, every future, every challenge, every obstacle, and every opportunity that you have laid before people, God, today. And I pray that, Lord, you would do what only you could do on this Resurrection Sunday, God. Would you come and would you use an imperfect preacher, an imperfect message to reveal in a greater way or in a newer, a fresh way the perfect heart of a good father. And, Lord, we thank you that you sent Jesus, your one and only son, to die on that cross but he, and to go to that tomb, but he didn't stay in that tomb. He rose again so that we might have faith for our future. And we thank you, God, for doing what only you could do today. God, bring healing, bring strength, bring freedom, bring faith, bring courage, bring comfort, whatever's needed in the life of every one of your precious children today. We receive it in faith with expectation. What you wanna do, what you wanna speak, what you wanna, what wanna accomplish in our lives today, we say we receive it today in faith. In Jesus' name, and come on, if you receive just any or all of that for yourself, give the Lord a good amen. When we look at the cross, you'll be, you could be reminded of what the cross accomplished for you when Jesus went to that cross. There's four directions of a cross. When you look at that cross, there's that center beam and it points upward towards heaven and it reminds us that the cross of Jesus Christ established family, relationship restored with your father. Ephesians 1, 5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us, you and me, into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Reading on it says that's what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. We look at that cross, we could be reminded that it's forever about family being restored. The heart of a father, wayward ones, sons and daughters who had gone their own way, who had gone astray trying to do it in our own strength. It's the message of the heart of a father saying, I love you right where you're at. I love you when you're strayed, but I love you too much to leave you on that path. I'm sending my son to make a way to restore you back to relationship with me as your father and to make you part of a family of brothers and sisters in Christ. We look at that vertical beam and we can forever be remembered just at a glance. It points upward and it reminds us that the cross was the message of a father bringing his children back home in spite of us. The downward beam, that very same beam that points vertically and reminds us of relationship restored with our heavenly father, reminds us that we're connected to family and not just any family, but a royal family also points downward. And when we just take a glance at that cross, we can forever be reminded, we could forever be encouraged that that beam, that that cross, that through the cross of Jesus Christ, death and the grave were forever defeated. And it gives us access to forever. If the first one is family and father, this is forever, eternal life. How many of you know that eternity is a long time? 
There's a lot of concerns that we have on this side of eternity, but it pales in comparison with the decision that you make about who is Jesus to you. And the only way to spend eternity in the presence of God the Father is through Jesus Christ. Jesus told her, John 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone, say anyone, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. 2 Timothy 1, verse 10, reinforces the same concept, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that because of what Jesus did, I'm blessed on this side of eternity, but I'm grateful that I'm gonna spend eternity with my Father in heaven because of what Jesus did for me. Reminds me of a story. There were three guys from Texas. Let's just call them Hank, Buck, and Skeeter. Sounds like three guys from Texas, right? And they were sitting around there saying, hey, have you ever thought about you know, that moment when you're gonna go and meet the Lord and go through those pearly gates. And have you ever wondered or thought about what, what would you like people to say about you at your funeral when family and friends hopefully gather around to remember a life well lived? And, and Hank said, well, I, guys, I think that I would like them to say that I was devoted to my wife and my kids. I'm from Texas. I'm talking to the person of Hank. I feel a little Texas draw coming on right there. Could you, t- could you hear that? He said, I, I think I would like to say Hank was devoted to his family, his wife and his kids. And, and they said, well, 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 Buck, what would you like people to say about you when they gather and remember your life? And he said, I think I would like them to say that I made a difference in my community. And they said, those are good things. Skeeter, what would you like for people to say when they gather around to remember you? And he said, that's easy. I hope they say, hey, look, Skeeter's moving. <laughs> but here's the reality. Each of us has an appointment with that moment. Each of us has an appointment with that moment. Each of us has a moment where this, this life on this side of eternity will come to an end, should the Lord tarry. He said, keep it positive, Pastor T. This is Easter night. I'm positive that moment's coming for every one of us. And the thing that will determine where you spend all of eternity is your decision about who Jesus is to you. Is he a good religious figure? Is he worthy of a good holiday once a year? Is he the Lord and Savior of your life? We look at that cross and we can forever be reminded that it points towards our Father and reminds us that we're made whole, made connected to a family, restored and reunited. It reminds us that death and the grave have forever been defeated. We do not have to fear death. Sin and death and the grave have lost their sting because of what Jesus made possible at the cross. Come on, if you're thankful for that, say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Eternity is a long time. Revelation 1, verse 17, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm the first, the last. I'm the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and the grave. Two more scriptures just to reaffirm the significance of this to us. 1 John 5, 11 says, this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is found through his son. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, thank God, he gives us the victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where will you spend eternity? Will you have the opportunity, like the Bible says, like the Bible speaks of, to be reunited with those loved ones who were found in Christ but have gone before you? Because the Bible's real clear. We'll be caught up in the air with them. We'll be reunited with them. We'll, be, we'll get to spend eternity forever with them. Come on, you need to put your faith, if you have not today, in the Lord Jesus Christ because he restores us to relationship with our father and a family and he forever defeats death and the grave. 
We still look at that cross just at a glance. We see that other beam, it's horizontal. It points this way and it points this way and that beam points this way back into our past and it reminds us, it convinces us that we have been made free from the pain of our past. We've been forgiven of the sins of our past. Romans 3 verse 22, for we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. 1 John 1, 8 says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves. Every one of us, you and I, we all had this condition called sin that we could not make right in our own strength. Only Jesus could come. And it's not about religious perfection. Religion is the story of man feverishly trying in a frustrated manner to make ourselves acceptable to or right with God. And it's forever frustrated. You do good and then you mess up. You do good and then you mess up. You do even better, but then inevitably you mess up. Each of us has to deal with this issue called sin. And on your very best day, with one being your worst day and 100 being your very best day, on your very best day, how high of a score are you really willing to give yourself? None of us, none of us could deal with sin. Jesus came and we look at that cross and it reminds us that Jesus didn't come for healthy people. Mark chapter two, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. He said, I have come not to call those who think that they're righteous, religious sounding people, but those who know they are sinners in need of a savior. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He came to make hurting people whole. He came to make lonely people part of a family. He came to make sinful people like me forgiven. We aren't saved by behavior. We're saved by believing in the cross of Jesus Christ. He personally, 1 Peter 2, he personally carried our sins, my sin, your sin, in his body on that cross so that we could be dead to sin and begin to live for what is right. It's by his wounds that you are healed. The vertical beam reminds us of family and our father and forever because sin and death in the grave have been defeated. That horizontal beam, just at a glance, you can, when you see it, come on, it's more than just a religious artifact. You could be reminded it dealt with your past, it dealt with your pain, it dealt with your sin. And you could also be reminded that it brings faith for your future because it's pointing to where God's taking you. And the only way to get to where God's taking you is by knowing and loving and serving the Lord Jesus Christ who came and died for you on that cross. It brings faith for your future. And you might say, but Pastor T, you don't know. If you only knew, if you knew what I was going through, if you knew what I was up against, if you knew the season I was coming out of, and I'm telling you, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what the obstacles and the opposition that lies before you are, but I know that God does. And I know that when he sent Jesus, he by design, he could have done it any way, shape, or form, but by design, the story of God the Father reconciling his fallen children back into a relationship with him included a three-day process. There was a Friday in the story. It represents a painful moment. Jesus felt betrayal. Jesus felt the pain of those nails, he felt the pain of those thorns. He felt the scorn and the shame as they mocked and they ridiculed and they pulled the hair out of his beard. 
He felt it all. And I believe it was because God was saying, I recognize and realize because of fallen, the fallen world, you're gonna have some painful moments in your life. And he, Jesus came and he experienced them all. He experienced them all. First Peter 2, 21 in the message translation, watch what it says. This is the kind of life you've been invited into. The kind of life that Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so you would know that it could be done. And also know how to do it step by step. God's writing a story in your life and he didn't shy away from, he didn't promise that we would never experience pain or trauma or unforeseen, unfortunate things. Every one of us has experienced those things, including Jesus. On this side of eternity, you're gonna go through those moments. When you go through those moments, remember that Jesus went through those moments. But also remember that there's a story that's being written and Sunday is coming. It may be Friday. You may be in that painful moment. You may have experienced the betrayal. You may, you may be in the, in the place where people were mocking and scorning, but I'm telling you, it may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. It may feel like Friday, but Sunday's coming. Come on, look at somebody next to you and tell them, Sunday is coming in your life. But before we get to Sunday... Before we get to Sunday, there's a Saturday in the story. There's a Saturday by design. God could have made it happen any way that he saw fit. By design. And nothing's wasted on God. He's speaking to us. He's encouraging us. And there's, a, there's a, a silent Saturday, a tomb of defeat, disappointment, doubt, delay. And this is where many of us unfortunately find ourselves, so many people stuck in the Saturday of their story. Because you stepped out in faith, you tried to love, you tried to serve, you tried to do what God had called you to do, and some stuff happened, unforeseen, unexpected, there was a betrayal, there was a painful moment, and now we're stuck on silent Saturday living in the darkness, in the shadows of doubt, delay, disappointment, apparent defeat. Man, can you imagine what those disciples must have felt? All they had was faith on Saturday in their story. All they had was faith. They didn't know at that moment that tomorrow was Sunday and that they would get to wear their pink pastel bow ties to church and celebrate Easter. They didn't know that. All they had to hang on to was faith. And I'm telling you that the same is true for us. When you find yourself in the Saturday of your story, remember that Jesus found himself in the tomb in almost every testimony, there's a process. When God delivers a promise, gives a dream, delivers a destiny, he always starts a process. There's a process, there's a journey, there's the testing of our faith. You can't even spell testimony without test, but Sunday's coming and some of you are closer than you think. Don't you know that sometimes it's harder to see something when it's up close to you? I remember a few years ago, I went out on that hill out south of town and from that hill, from that perspective, I looked back into Lawrence and I could see the university and I could see all the landmarks right there. And it was amazing to see how close they all look from that perspective. But when you get, drive back into town, all you could see is kind of what's right up next to you. And some of you are so close to your breakthrough. Don't let go of faith. Keep the faith. Keep loving. Keep trusting. Do what Romans 8 verse 28 encourages you and I to do. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according 
to his purpose for them. Two keys there, keep loving God, keep serving God, keep trusting God, keep loving people, keep serving people in his name. Don't lose the faith, don't lay down your dreams. And when you find yourself in the Saturday of your story, remember that Sunday is coming. Ask God to put his hand upon your hand and keep writing. You gotta turn the page, allow him to write the next chapter. Aren't you glad that when Saturday found Jesus in that tomb of doubt and delay and disappointment, that that was wasn't the end of the story because Sunday was coming. The crucifixion and the tomb were always a setup for the resurrection. Always a setup for the resurrection. And the same is true for you. Your setback is a setup for God to show up. If you'll just keep loving, keep tr serving, keep trusting him. Ephesians 1.19 says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Catch this. It's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. He said you have access to the same power. The same power is working in you. It might look dead. I'm telling you, it's only sleeping. It might look like it's too far gone. I'm telling you, there's nothing that's too far gone or too far lost or outside of the, the stretch of God's mighty hand. Don't give up the faith. Your setback is a setup for God to show up. When we look at that cross, we can be reminded that it was about relationship with our Father restored us, reunited with family. We can remember that it's about forever. It's about death and the grave forever defeated, has lost its sting. We do not have to fear death or the grave. And if we'll put our faith in Jesus Christ, we'll rise again, we'll live again, we'll be reunited with our family who has gone before us. We can remember when just a glance at that cross, we can remember that our past, our pain, our sin, our shame, completely paid for, healed, forgiven we could be reminded that we have faith for the future. Because as a believer in Jesus Christ, faith for impossible things, even when it seems dead, is part of your spiritual DNA. Just stand to your feet this morning. And there's four directions of that cross, but there's also an intersection. There's also an intersection. And it represents today. It represents right now. And when we look at that cross, we could be reminded, it takes care of our past, faith for our future, but it also intersects. There's an intersection. Today is an intersection in your life. For many of us, for many of you, it's, a, it's an intersection. This is a pivotal moment. This is a critical moment. This is a strategic moment. And the question that lies before you is, what will you do with this Jesus? Is he a good religious figure? Was he a good source of morality? Is he the cause of a fun holiday in the spring? Or is he your Lord, your personal Lord and Savior, the one who came to heal you, forgive you, save you, restore you, redeem you forevermore? That's the question today. And, and my sense is that right now is I wanna ask heads to be bowed and eyes closed just to, just to be reflective and just to give the space for people to be 
focus singularly on what the Holy Spirit's doing in their life. Just right now, just flooding people's hearts with the love of God as expressed through the cross of Jesus. Right now, just bringing hope that your past can be forgiven through the cross of Jesus. Right now, just affirming that you are valued. You were created on purpose for a purpose and your father loved you so much he was willing to give his only son for you. And you receive all of that and everything in between is a free gift. You don't get good to get God. It's a free gift. It's, it almost seems too good to be true. But it emphasizes just how powerful what Jesus did on the cross was for you and me. It was hard on him. So it'd be easy for us. Every sin that I committed, every sin that you ever committed laid upon his back. So right now, I sense that in this room, literally all around the world, people joining us online, there's people who are weighed down with the, the weight, the burden of sin, guilt, shame, the condemnation that the enemy uses try to keep you hindered or held back from knowing God, loving God, running the race of faith that God has for you. And I'm telling you, there's a life of faith that he has for you. You need to hear that today. If that's you, or maybe you're here today and you're what the Bible would describe as a prodigal son or daughter, you once knew God, you once loved God, you once served God, but you got busy with the cares of the world, you got preoccupied with the things and the cares of this world, and you just drifted from Him. Today is your day to come back home. And if you go back and you read that parable, that father was looking for, longing for, eagerly expecting and anticipating that moment, that day when that wayward one would just take one step back on the property. And that father ran and welcomed and embraced that wayward one. He didn't hold them to an account for all the things that he had done for the error of his ways. And the posture of the father, if that's you today, you've drifted from God, is the same today. His arms are wide open, just like we sang about earlier. His arms are wide open. He's saying, would you just come back home into a relationship with me? Would you just come back home into my arms? If that's you today, if that's you today, you need to receive the forgiveness of a Savior. You need to come back home into the arms your heavenly father right now here's what i'll ask you to do don't delay what lift your hand high towards heaven it's a simple but powerful outward sign of the powerful inward work that god's doing it's not the raising of our hand that saves us it's the cross of jesus christ and it's what this represents i'm putting my faith i'm putting my trust i'm recognizing my need for a savior i'm coming back home i'm running into his arms 
Thank you, Jesus, for precious people coming home. Thank you, Jesus, for precious people being forgiven and healed and made whole right now in this holy moment. God. If you raised your hand both in this room and online, you can lower it. You can lower it. And now everyone can look up and here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer. Come on, some amazing people with amazing destinies in God came home to Jesus, came home to their father today. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer with those people, all right? And we do it for two reasons here at Rev City every week because it just allows us to show them that there's a spiritual family, a church family, brothers and sisters in Christ, who right from the start, right from the get-go, we're gonna come alongside them, we're gonna help them to begin to run the race of faith that, that they have in Christ Jesus. And it also reminds us every week as we pray this prayer together, we never graduate from grace. God's growing us in our faith, but we never graduate from grace. Come on, some amazing people came home to Christ. Let's pray this prayer with them, pray it loudly, pray it strongly, pray it passionately today. Say, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. I recognize my need for a savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price I could never pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. I give you my life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, come on, say this loudly, I'll never be the same. And then come on, someone ought to rejoice with all of heaven for the precious people that came home to Christ today. Man. Come on. Man, I hope you have a great Easter. And I hope that you don't leave what God has done on this day. You take it with you, take it forward. He's restored you back to family as a father. He's dealt with death in the grave forever. He's forgiven you of all your pain, all your past sins. And he's got a future for you in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, I love you. And let's worship the Lord together one more time. And then my beautiful wife, my beautiful bride's gonna come and dismiss us and get you about your day. God bless you. Happy Easter to y'all.